Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. I don't know where you're at right now, but you should give God some praise. Give God some praise wherever you are right now. Look, I know that these are not convenient times or circumstances that we're in right now, but God is still on the throne. Look, it's 2020, and I know a lot of you guys, you guys might be in the, in the, in the state of mind where you're like, man, just throw the whole year away. Get rid of it. We're done. We don't, we, we don't want any more. No mas, right? But I'm here to let you know that, that, that God wants you to have a different perspective, he wants you to have a different perspective. And so, I mean, in the midst of everything, in the midst of, of, I hate to keep repeating this, I know we've heard this word over and over again, but a pandemic, right? We have all this stuff going on and, and all of these, these experts that have come out of the woodworks that, that have their opinion and, and, and who they believe is, is a liar and who's given misinformation. It's, it's funny to me that we live in the age of, of information and technology, but so much of it is misinformation and disinformation. It's unfortunate that we have to really like go on a, on a, on a, on a huge excavation in order to find out what the truth is. And so I just want to say, you know, that, that, that if you're a believer, and you're tuned in, I believe because you're tuned in that you are a believer, that you don't have to dig far to find the truth, amen? And so I just pray that, that today that, that our eyes will be open to some things and that we'll receive the word of God, the engrafted word of God, which is able to save our souls, amen? So being that it's 2020, I know when we started off this year that everybody had, had, their, had their little uh, resolution put together, they had their... Their, their resolution of, of I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And, and then the pandemic hit, and that just kind of disrupted our plans, and we're not able to execute the things the way that we wanted to, and our plans just kind of went up in smoke. And, and you might have the mindset that, you know, I'm done. Like, there's, there's nothing left. I'm, I'm, I'm spent. I can't do anymore. I can't even see what's going on beyond the day. And so I just want to encourage you, to be encouraged today. I want to discourage you from being discouraged and encourage you to be encouraged today with this word. Amen. So today what I want to do, I believe that we're, 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 uh, it's, it's way past time for it, but being the fact that it's 2020 and we know typically that 2020 is, is, is what's referred to as perfect vision. I think that it's great for us to, to enter in to this time right now. I know it's, I know half the year is gone. Right. We're entering. We're about to enter into the last quarter of the year or the last third of the year. But but the thing is, is that is that it's not too late for us to take an eye exam. So that's what today's message is. Today is 2020. We, we're in for an eye exam. Amen. And so sight by definition, sight by definition is the faculty or power of seeing. Amen. This last week was uh, the 37th, I believe it was the 37th anniversary of an album that was released. And on that album, it contained a song that had lyrics that say this, I'm not one who makes believe, I know that leaves are green. 
They only change to brown when autumn comes around. I know just what I say. Today's not yesterday, and all things have an ending. If you don't know those lyrics, those lyrics were Stevie Wonder's lyrics on his album called Inner Visions. Now, the name of the song is called Visions, and as I, I thought it would, would be appropriate to start off our, our message today with a quote, and it might not have come from the place that you expected it, but ironically, this, this, this quote comes from a blind man. This quote comes from a blind man. Again, we're talking about 2020 vision. We're talking about an eye exam today. You're in for an eye exam. And so here it is. We have this blind man who writes these lyrics to this song. And he says, I know that leaves are green. They only change to brown when autumn comes around. Now, if it doesn't make you scratch your head, let me give you a little bit of a reason why you should scratch your head. Again, these words come from a blind man, and I'm not talking about a man who lived, lived for a while and then became blind. Stevie Wonder, if any of you guys know anything about it, Stevie Wonder was virtually born blind. He became blind in the incubator as, as a baby when he was inside the hospital. So he spent his whole life blind, but yet he's telling us in a lyric that I know that leaves are green and they only turn to brown when autumn comes around. How does he know this? They said that it's, it's, the only thing worse than being blind is not having vision. They say the only thing worse than being blind is not having vision. And here it is, we have the great prophet Stevie Wonder who tells us that he knows that leaves are green and they only turn to brown when autumn comes around. And he knows just what he says. I know just what I say, today's not yesterday and all things have an ending. If those of you guys that are listening to these lyrics or even reading these lyrics cannot attest to that being the truth, then I don't know what will convince you. In the Bible, as we read, there are more miracles of the giving of sight to the blind recorded of Jesus than in any other category of healings. There are more miracles of the giving of sight to the blind recorded of Jesus than in any other category of healings. So what I want to talk about is I kind of want to touch on three things in our eye exam today. I want to touch on three things. The first one is I want to talk about insight. So Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, we read that, and, they, and the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. If you're not familiar with the text that we're reading, it is about the fall of man. So we have Eve, who has been deceived by the serpent, and she partakes of the fruit and give some to her husband, and her husband partakes. And it says in verse 7, And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. What I want to touch on right now in our eye exam is insight. The, the, the definition of insight is the capacity to gain an accurate and deep intuitive understanding of a person or thing. 
an understanding of a person or thing. You see, the serpent started the deception with a conversation. And he conversed with the woman and she was deceived. And she partook. She ate, gave to her husband. He ate and their eyes were opened. Now, I know we're talking about, we, I, I started off with blindness, and now I'm touching on insight. And it's funny that Stevie's album was called Inner Visions because he obviously didn't have outward vision. So I don't know whether he knows that the leaves are green and that they turn to brown when autumn comes around because of the fact that it was divinely revealed to him in his inner self or whether he had somebody around him that he knew he could trust their word. And here it is, we have our, our great, 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 great grandparents who have the word and they've been deceived into believing that there's another truth or that something has been withheld and now their eyes are opened, but their eyes are opened resulting in spiritual blindness. Hello, somebody. We're talking about insight. Listen to this. They were no longer even like each other. They were ashamed of their nakedness and sewed fig leaves together to hide their differences from each other. If I could stay on that and preach for a while, their differences from each other. In an age and in, in a society that we live in right now where they're talking about the sames and similarities that they want to join together and be one. No, we're talking about God created him and her and their differences, the enemy made them ashamed of their differences. But that's not where we're going today. A more complete transformation, or rather, a more complete deformation could not be imagined. The trust of innocence is replaced by the fear of guilt. The trees that God created for man to look at are now his hiding place in an attempt to prevent God from seeing him. Listen, you say, what, 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 how on earth, what would make man, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I know I look different from a tree. I might be thick as a trunk, but I'm different from a tree. And so I'm not sure why, why, uh, 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 why man would conceive in his mind that he would be able to hide from God among the trees. And the reason why it was, it was so is because what we fail to realize, brethren, is that because we bear the image of what it is that we worship, they fail to worship God and turn their eyes toward the creation thinking that the creation would be able to give them fulfillment and they worshiped it and now they bear the image of it and think that they can hide. Spiritual blindness. Again, I allude to the fact that the woman was deceived, but Adam, however, was not deceived and he sinned with his eyes wide open. We're talking about 2020 vision, an eye exam today. So we see that there's spiritual blindness. This is one of the areas that, that affects us as human beings in our sight and our ability to be able to see. And we see that, that out of all of the healings that Jesus was, was recorded of doing, that the majority of them had to do with giving sight to the blind. 
So the next step I want to talk about in our exam is vision. And vision, by definition, is the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. You see, man in all of his scientific wisdom has created instruments over the centuries in which to see farther and to see better and to improve sight, to study and observe things both great and small. The telescope, for instance, is to observe the stars and planets, thus leading us to discoveries of galaxies that in the time-space continuum would take several known lifetimes to reach. The microscope, on the other hand, is to observe small things. The microscope has, been, has allowed us to be able to see uh, worlds that are too small for the naked eye to be able to, to see. And in all of it, for some reason, or whatever reason, man has still failed to see the signature that God says, I was here. Spiritual blindness. The only thing worse than being blind is not having vision. So this takes us to the bulk of our text. We're, we're talking about 2020 vision eye exam. John chapter 9. We're going to go to John chapter 9. And here in John chapter 9, starting with verse 1, we find that now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. It wasn't Stevie Wonder. He saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered him and says, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Follow this. Keep make, make sure that you stay in track with this because we're going to stay here for a while. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. You see, the disciples viewed the man's condition as an indication of divine displeasure from God, but Jesus saw it as an opportunity for divine grace. Verse 8, therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, is not this he who, was, who sat and begged? Some said, this is he. Others said, he is like him. He said, I am he. He just cut straight to the chase. He's like, y'all can sit here and discuss who, who, who I is and who I ain't. I'm going to let you know I am he. That was me. Verse 10. Therefore, they said to him, how were your eyes open? And he answered and said, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the, po the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and I washed and I received sight. Then they said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought, him who form, they brought him who formerly was blind to the Pharisees. Here we go. 
Now it was a Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also asked him again how he received sight. He said to them, he put clay on my eyes and I washed and I see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. Sounds like kind of where we're at today. There's a division among the people as to what's causing healing and what's not causing healing. Come on, man. They said to the blind man again, what do you say about him because he opened your eyes? He said, he is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight. Oh, it has to be something else. Even in the midst of witnesses, it has to be something else. Until they called his parents. Oh, so now we're going to dig up your files and we want to know your background, right? Until they called his parents, called the parents of him who had received his sight. And they asked him saying, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does now he see? His parents answered them. Check out, check out this conversation. His parents answered them and said, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age, ask him. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already, conspiracy, they, they agreed already beforehand that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. Is this not a perfect illustration of cancel culture that we live in? They're looking for any reason that they can. If you, don't, if you give any other credit to somewhere else other than Christ, they'll accept it. But if you give glory to God the Father, canceled. Canceled. Oh, this medication works? No, it doesn't. Look, at, look up her, her religious history. Yeah, I said it. Perfect illustration of cancel culture. Nothing is new under the sun. Nothing is new under the sun. Verse 24. So they again called the man who was blind and said to him, give God glory. We know that this man is a sinner. The man that they're talking about is Jesus. They've already made up in their mind that Jesus is not who he says he is. But yet, they're telling him to give glory to God. When there's no other way to give glory to God except to recognize and profess Jesus is who he says he is. Verse 25, he answered and said, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. How do you argue with somebody that was once blind, but now they see? For real. For real. 
Verse 26, then they said to him again, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples? There's something about, listen, what we need to, to, to look at, we'll get back to the text. Check out how this dialogue is unfolding. And it's revealing to us something about the blind man. Here it is, the blind man has had an encounter with Christ. Christ, in other instances, when he healed blind people, he just opened their eyes. This guy, he, he puts the clay on him, tells him to go wash, and he receives his sight. So here it is, he goes and does and is obedient to what Jesus, the word, has told him to do. He's obedient to the word, receives that which was, was spoken to him, receives the promise of what was spoken to him, and now he's walking in the promise, and he's walking it out. And as he's walking it out, more and more of the character of Christ and a revelation is coming to him as he's walking out the word that was given to him. And here it is, is in the midst of persecution, in the midst of him being ridiculed, in the midst of him being interrogated about who it is that he's been with and what has happened to him. And he's being put on trial about his testimony. He responds with, a, with not a, a, a sense of being conceited, but a confidence of knowing, being assured of what it is that has happened to him. In such a way that he turns the tables back on them and says, why do you keep asking me this over and over again and not listening to the words that are coming out of my mouth? Do you want to be his disciples? Then they reviled him, verse 28. It says they reviled him and said, you are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. Can I share something with you? The medical field right now, there's a lot of dissension and division going on. All these medical experts. I'm up here doing, doing an eye exam for us today as a body of Christ. And I pray that you tarry with me because y'all been listening these past months to all your expert uh, Facebook doctors that, that you went to school with and stuff like that. So, so I just ask that you just humor me for a second as I unfold the scriptures and we talk about this. But here right now, in this day and age, we're living in a time right now where there's, there's there, I, as far as I know in history, there's been no greater dissension and division in the medical field than there is today. And it's all surrounding this, this pandemic. And here it is, we have some that, that are, are on the side of, no, there's something new and, and there's something that's going on that, 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 uh, that, that can be applied to the, to the problem at hand, but it's being ignored and being suppressed because there's an ulterior motive and an agenda going on. Now, mind you, let, follow me on this real quick while we go down this rabbit hole real quick. He says, you are, they said to him, you are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciple. Do you realize that with as much as science in the medical field would like to deny Christ, that the symbol that they use for, for, for medicine, the staff with the snake entwined around it, 
is actually something that God had commanded of Moses when they were in the desert so that the people could be healed. And here it is, the followers of Moses, the old covenant, are so enamored with the, 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 the piety, the false piety, and the, the, the religious traditions not having a revelation of what they were for or who they were pointing to want to hold on to their position and their status because someone has come along and had an actual experience and has actually experienced the serpent that was raised up that brought the healing. And here it is, 2020, we have the same type of split. We have those that have ulterior motives. And they want to suppress the experience. They want to suppress the data from actual experience of recovery and healing. We know that God spoke to Moses, verse 29. As for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. So the man answered and said to them, why this, why? this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from. Yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered and said to him, you were completely born in sins and you are teaching us? And they cast him out. We live in the age right now that's supposed to be an age of exponential information. And so much of it, it seems like 2020 has been filled, enamored, and, and, and just, just overwhelmed with such disinformation and misinformation. Now, I'm not claiming to be an expert, but I claim to know the one who is. But this is what I'm saying, is that, is that we can get in arguments all day about our perspectives, about which, what, well, I see things this way. Well, I see things this way. No, but, but at the end of the day, what it needs to be centered on is, is the scripture. And here it is, this exchange. He's giving them the truth. They're asking him to corroborate his story so they can get a truth and find out what happened to you. How did you receive your sight? They see the fact that this man can see. They verified the fact that he was blind, but they still don't want to receive the means by which he was, he was given his sight. And what it reminds me of is a quote from George McDonald that says this, because you got people that just want to argue just for the sake of arguing, because it doesn't matter. They're not really, they're not really concerned with the truth like the Pharisees were reading this story. They, they're a lot like the people of today where they don't want to hear the truth. They just want to hear you agree with them. George McDonald said this, to give truth to him who loves it not is but to give him more plentiful material for misinterpretation. Don't cast your pearl before a swine because a lot of the people don't want to know the truth. They want you to lie to them. Why? Because you give them the truth, the outcome's always going to be the same. They're going to cast you out. 
The best thing they could come up with about accusing Jesus of what he had done in this miracle was, was, was according to his, their religious opinion and religious stance. They didn't agree with Jesus's religion, the fact that he would do such a thing on the Sabbath. And here it is, we have doctors who are making claims about actual facts, and I have outcomes of stuff that I've done, and then the opposing side, all they can do, the best thing they can do is come up with why they don't agree with them is according to their religious beliefs. Why? Because you weren't the one who treated and cured anybody? It's because of your religious beliefs that I want to discredit you. No actual evidence but we live in this cancel culture. Again, we're talking about vision here. Here we have this blind man who was blind from birth. He had no other, we, we said that vision is, is being able to, to see into the future with wisdom, being able to have plans according to wisdom for the future. And here this man is blind from birth. He, I'm, I'm sure that, that Jesus, he, he, he didn't mind Jesus interrupting his future plans. Because his plan was going to be the same as it was the, 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 the months, the days, the months, and the years prior, which is he was going to be sitting and begging, hoping that someone would have pity on him. Verse 35, Jesus starts to break down what true vision and true blindness is. He says, it says, Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said to him, he's talking to the blind man, he says, do you believe in the son of God? Now, mind you, this seems kind of weird because here it is, he's given this awesome testimony of Christ before the, 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 the Jewish leaders at the time in the synagogue. He's, he's given them an awesome testimony of who Christ is and, and, and what he's experienced in his healing, his miraculous healing that's taking place. And here it is, we have him with Jesus in a conversation, and Jesus is asking him, do you believe in the Son of God? Well, you would think that, yeah, he, he knew he believed in the Son of God because he followed his instructions. He took, he went, he took the clay on his eyes, went and walked down to the, to the pool and, and, and washed him, and he got his sight. But what's crazy about it is that the dude never saw what Jesus looked like. When he's testifying of Jesus, he says that a man called Jesus. He didn't say it was Jesus himself or that, that I could give you a description of the man. He says a man called Jesus. And so here it is. We see Jesus is talking to him. He's saying, do you believe in the son of God? And he answered and said, who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, you have both seen him and it is he who is talking with you. Then he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Verse 39, and Jesus said, for judgment, I have come into this world. Oh, you thought Jesus came in to be your homie. Jesus came in to be your buddy, right? No, Jesus said, for judgment, I have come into this world, that those who do not see me, for those who do not see may see and that those who see may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words. Oh, so they, so they following, and they're, they're eavesdropping now. They heard these words and said to him, are we blind also? Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no sin. 
But now you say, we see, therefore your sin remains. He came to give sight to the blind. The, the next and final step that I want to do in our eye exam, this 2020 vision eye exam, is I want to touch on the fact of depth perception. Depth perception. Depth perception by uh, definition is the ability to perceive the relative distance of objects in one's visual field. And so, what does that mean? It means that, you know, there's, there's, there's certain things that we, we, the way our, there's so many aspects to our, our sight and our vision that we have to, to be able to, to, to gauge how to approach certain things by knowing how far or how close, how near or how, how, how far away things are. And sometimes what happens is our depth perception, and I believe that, that since this, this catastrophic year began, and now that we're in the midst and the thick of it, I think for a lot of us, a lot of us believers that our depth perception is, is a little bit off right now. And rightfully so, I can, I can understand. You've been, this, this year has been overwhelming. There's been great misfortune this year. There's, there's been a lot of lives lost. There's been, there's been attacks on the body from, from, from north, south, east, and west. There's all kinds of things that have been going on. And what I feel like the Lord wants us to do today is he wants to readjust our, our depth perception and help us to understand that he desires for us to see clearly. He desires for us, his desire for us is still 2020 vision. Amen? You see, the thing is, is that we touched on the fact that out of all of the healings that, that Jesus did on earth, the majority of them were giving sight to the blind. In Mark 8, chapter 24, I don't have that in the notes, but there was a blind man that, that was at Bethsaida. And here it is, Jesus touches him he touches his eyes, similar in the manner that he just did the man that was blind from birth. And he touches him, and he asks him, he says, what do you see? And he says, I see men as trees. And I feel like that's how we are as believers right now in the midst of 2020, that we see, but we don't, it's not completely clear. It's not focused. We see men as trees. He says, I see men as trees walking. And then it says that Jesus touched him again and he could see clearly. And I believe that's what God wants us to do today in his word. He wants to touch us again so we can see clearly. Listen, there are dozens of potential causes for blurry vision. You have a corneal abrasion, which is an actual, it's an actual injury to your eye. The actual injury to your eye. And there's a lot of us as believers right now, we're actually injured. We might be fighting sickness or ailment. We might have an injury. We, we might have been church hurt. Whatever it is, we, we, we're, we're dealing with some real hurt here. We might have lost a loved one that we couldn't even properly say goodbye to. And I want to let you know that it is the Father's desire that, that he, he touch you again so you can see clearly. Psalm 34, 18 says, for those of us that are actually injured, those of us that are experiencing pain and hurt, the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as a contrite spirit. 
Another area in which it, it causes damage and, and, and blurred vision is, is what they call diabetic retinopathy, which is from poor blood sugar management due to diet. It's due to diet, and it damages the blood vessels. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, we have to watch our diet. We need to thirst and hunger for righteousness because he's near us to fill us. One of the other many ways that, that can have an impact on blurred vision is glaucoma, which is, which is eye pressure on the nerve. And many of us, we have a lot of pressure right now in this time. We have a lot of pressures, whether it be, whether it be bills, mortgages, whatever it is, debt, all these things that, are, that, are, that are, 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 are coming upon us that are causing great pressure and causing great stress. I want to encourage you today and let you know that, that Matthew eleven twenty nine thirty 30 says, to take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am, a gentle, I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's not an accident that you're here. It's not an accident. If you've been paying attention over the past couple of weeks, we, we, we just had a message that I did about you're in the place to be. You're in the right place. Don't allow what you're seeing right now. Don't allow what it is that you see right now to discourage you from what it is that God has for you. All of these are things that affect our vision, our depth perception. But of all of these, I believe that this one is probably, this next one is probably our greatest uh, uh, antagonist from being able to see from a godly perspective, and that's nearsightedness. Nearsightedness. They say that nearsightedness is actually hereditary. And nearsightedness, by definition, is is, is you see close objects and they appear clearly, but far ones don't. And I think what's been happening with us is that most of us as believers, we've been nearsighted. We, we, we've, been, we've allowed the pressures of this year. We've allowed the, the poor diet of misinformation and fear and doom and gloom begin to consume us and it's, and it's caused damage to our vision. We, we've, we've allowed for, for, for uh, actual injury and heartache to overwhelm us such that we forget that we serve a good God who is not afar from us, but he is near to us. And the thing is, is that in our nearsightedness, we, we've, we've had a negative nearsightedness because we've, we've, we've been able to see clearly the problems close to us and it seems that God is far away from us because we hold the problems close and we hold them closer than we do the promises of the word. Listen, if you got a pen, write this down. The condition, the condition of our optical determines our perception of the obstacle. The condition of our optical determines our perception of the obstacle. Back in 1996, there was a, a group of, of mountain climbers that went up Mount Everest. And uh, they got to the top of Mount Everest 
And one of them who was like super experienced, this guy named uh, Michael Harris. And you can read about it in a book called Into Thin Air. They came out, there was a book about it, about that, you know, specific ex expedition that they went on. And uh, they had made it to the top, they journeyed to the top, but a storm started coming and setting in. And like shortly after they had reached the peak, they were like, we got to turn around and go. And for whatever reason, Michael, who was, was like probably one of the more experienced guides of, of all of the people that were in that, that, that group, uh, lingered for a little bit longer than he should have and was unaware of the fact that, 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 that death was as near as it was. And for whatever reason, he ends up getting separated from his group. And as he's coming back down, uh, they had obviously radio communication to where they could communicate with one another. And here it is. He gets to the oxygen tanks because he's losing oxygen. He's running out of oxygen. And he gets to the oxygen tanks that they had left behind for him, knowing that he was coming down after them. And he's on the radio right next to the oxygen tanks and he's arguing with them about how there's not enough oxygen in there for him to make it, when in actuality there was. What had happened was, the problem was that the lack of what he needed so disoriented him in his mind that though he was surrounded by a restoring supply, he continued to complain of its, of its absence. The very thing he held in his hand was absent in his brain, and ravaged his capacity to recognize what he was clutching in his grasp. And what I want to say to you, believer, with all the information that changes from one day to another, with all of the information that is available to you at your fingertips, with all of the information that you've been given, you have readily in your grasp a supply that is able to save you from any situation, any pandemic, any, 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 any circumstance that you find yourself in today. But you have to have vision. The word is what gives us vision. You see, the thing is, is that it reminds me of, of, you know, we're, we're so close to, to things that, that, that it's like that saying, they say you, you're, you're, you're so close, you can't see the, the forest from the trees, yeah. right? You can't see the forest from the trees, and that's how it is a lot of times. We're in the thick of this situation, and we don't really, we're not really able to, 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 to see where our help comes from. And it reminds me of Luke chapter 24. I'm, I'm, in, I'm closing out with this. Luke chapter 24, I know it's not in the notes, but I'm just making reference to this. In Luke chapter 24, we find that the disciples are walking. They're walking on the road to Emmaus because they've come from where the, the, the burial site of Jesus is. And as they're walking, they're discussing about how sad they are about how their savior was, 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 was crucified and now they go to his gravesite and his body's not there and as they're walking on the, this road Jesus unbeknownst to them comes and walks right up along with them he's like what are you guys talking about that you guys are so sad 
What are you guys talking about that you're so sad that, you're, that your countenance is so low? And as he's walking with them, it says that their eyes were, they were, their eyes were restrained from seeing him for who he was. Their eyes were restrained for whatever reason that they could not see him and recognize him and know who he was. But as he talked with them, he began to talk with them about starting from Moses on up to the things that he fulfilled talking the scriptures about that that testified of himself and as he walked with them what it did is it whetted their appetite so much that they said that that when they got to their destination that Jesus made it seem like he was just going to go ahead and go on further but they constrained him to stay with them and have dinner and Jesus obliged them so we see that their eyesight was restrained, but when they heard his word, it, it, it whetted their appetite so much that they had to grab hold of him and constrain him to keep him so they could eat some more. And it says now, verse 30, it says now, Luke 24, verse 30 says, now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them that he took the bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished from their sight and they said to one another did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us and what I believe today is that God wants to open the scriptures to you so that you can receive your sight again so that he can open your eyes that you would know him for who he is Beloved, there's no need for us to perish like spiritual Michael Harris's, where we have such a supply of what it is that will give us life right in our grasp that we perish because we're so deprived and we can't recognize that we're blind to the truth that is right in our, right in our grasp. Listen. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Beloved, we need not be blinded by spiritual darkness because we have so great a supply of light that comes from the word. Amen. Right now, I just want to close us out in prayer and I ask that you guys would bow your heads and agree with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. Lord, we thank you that your desire for us is to, to not just have sight, Lord, but to see clearly. Lord, that we would see you for who you truly are and that we would believe in the Son of God. Lord, we thank you, Father, that for those of us that might be walking around spiritually blind, Lord, that you have provided a way for us to be able to receive sight, Lord. So I pray for those that are spiritually blind right now that may be tuned into this, Lord, and that you have just revealed to them their blindness. Lord, I pray right now that you would give them sight, Father. Lord, that they would that that, that you would you would take the clay of your word that has been rubbed on their eyes this morning. And that by the, the washing in the water of your spirit, that you would wash it from their eyes, that they would receive their sight and that they would see you and believe in the son of God today and that they would call upon your name 
Lord, I thank you for that right now. And for those of us, Lord, that, that are believers that, that we have sight, but our depth perception has been off, Lord. Our vision is blurred due to the circumstances that we've experienced throughout this year. Whatever it is that we have going on, Lord, that, that we've allowed to, to, to make us nearsighted in our vision, Lord, we ask that right now that you would help us to draw near to you, that you would draw near to us, Lord. Lord, that we would receive another touch, Lord, just as you did for the man who saw men walking his trees and then you touched them again and they saw, he saw things clearly, Lord. We ask that you would touch us again this morning, Father. Touch our eyes again this morning, Lord Jesus, that we would see clearly. Lord, I thank you for those that are on their sickbed right now, Lord, that it says in your word that you were wounded for our transgressions. You were bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon you and by your stripes, we are healed. Lord, I declare healing right now for everyone that is battling sickness, everyone that is in recovery right now. We thank you for a swift recovery. We thank you for wholeness. We thank you for shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken, Lord. And we declare it in the name of Jesus. Lord, as this week proceeds, Lord, we ask that you would just gird us with strength, Lord, that we would be mindful to put on the whole armor of God, that we may be able to stand, withstand the attacks of the enemy, Lord. That we would fight boldly, Lord, to maintain and protect our testimony. That we would testify of your goodness, Lord. That we would let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And we ask this in the mighty, magnificent, matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.